Hello everyone, and welcome to my podcast. In this podcast, I shall tell you horror stories. Sure, they may be simple and plain, but hey, maybe they'll give you a good jump scare. Everyone needs a good jump scare in a while. Life is boring. You got, you got jobs, you got work, just basics of life. But just, just relax, listen, and just let the tension build up. Now, let us begin. Alright, so this story is... Let's just see how the story turns out. <clears throat> let's say this takes place. In 1940, no, not 1940s. All right, 1960. So this is September 6th, 1960. The age of just man. So let's introduce our character. There's the protagonist, Jarman. His lover, Yamanda. And his brother, Jorgen. One evening of a beautiful sunny day, Yaman wanted just to explore, visit the wilderness. So he was just inside, waking up to a beautiful morning. The birds were chirping, the bees were buzzing, the trees were gristling, and just beautiful. So Yaman woke, woke up, and he's just having a beautiful morning. Till he sees something. What he sees is he can't explain. Yet, when he goes towards a little black spot on the floor, a little normal black ink stain, as it would seem. So when he goes up to, he gets on his knees, pokes it, see if what it was. When he lifts up the finger, it was ink. And he thought, hmm, how did this get here? And as Yaman was just, just baffled at how there was a random ink stain in a house that was with no ink to be seen. He keeps his lantern oil in a compartment that is too far to be near the stain. And it was much, much more thicker than blood. So, he goes and finds out what it is. He looks, he, thro- he looks through the cupboards. He looks through the cabinets. 
He looks under the bed. He looks on the shelves. He looks in the candles. He looks everywhere. Yet nothing seems to be ink-filled. So he thought nothing of it. So he just continued on with his day, thinking it was just a little weird. And then Yanda, Yanda comes and visits Yaman. Yonda, or Yanda, sorry, visits Yorman, or Yanda visits Yaman. So they thought when Yaman tried to show Yorda the ink stain, it was gone. There was nothing there. He told Yorda that there was an ink stain right there, right where he pointed near the floor. And she said, what ink stain? There's nothing there. And he was baffled again by how or what had made the ink stain disappear. It was thicker than blood, and yet it soaked into the ground much quicker than anything. It made a stain that it could not be removed. So, after he looked again and again, it was gone. So, as Yaman just thought, Maybe it was just my imagination. He thought of just going on a date with the Yarnda to go to a beautiful little market, get some fresh tomatoes, celery, some fresh vegetables for a nice, nice meal. They went to the meat market to buy some venison, deer meat. Just to have just a bit of meat with uh, nice vegetables. So, after a nice fun day in the hot sun, Yomond and Yorda came back to the house. But when they opened the door, they were dazzled. They were baffled. They opened their mouths so wide that you could not see the bottom of it. When they opened their door to the house, the entire house was covered in ink. Everything, every inch was covered in ink. Yet very few knew where Yaman lived, yet no one followed Yorda. Yet his brother, Jorgen, didn't do anything. He can't tell others about his brother's place. He never did, never will. So, when they, they put their groceries on the porch, where it was fine, when they went to step in the house, a tentacle popped right out. It just started wiggling. They both backed up. They thought it was some sort of demon. So they called a priest. They called someone from the Vatican. The priest. The priest will be known as the priest. Because his name can't be released.
So, when the priest tried to exercise it to see what was wrong, it did nothing. Just slowly moved. And Yaman had an idea. He took a piece of the celery, a little, little chunk of lettuce too. He threw it at the tentacle. The tentacle dodged it. They were bedazzled or baffled by it. They, they gaped in awe. And then he took a little piece of the raw meat, threw it at the tentacle. Tentacle swallowed it whole. Swallowed it whole. So, so they just, they were in awe. Everyone, Yaman, Yorinda, and the priest. Another thing of the brother, Yorin. He was, he was into occults. He knew about dark magic, black magic curses and all, so. So, they went to go visit Jorgen. When they opened up the, when they tried to visit Jorgen, a guard told them, told Yaman, Yorinda, and the priest that he had gone to some business out in the west and he won't be back for another three days so so they didn't know what to do so they had to wait three days Yorinda asked well what are we going to do now your house is infested with ink and a weird black tentacle Yaman Yorinda said in terrified voice Yaman said, maybe I can stay with you. Maybe your parents will accept it just this once until I can find out what I can do. As Yaman uh, gave the idea. So Yorinda actually thought it was a good idea. So they wandered off. But after they got to the halfway point, they told the priest from the Vatican goodbye and thank you for all their help. So after the priest left to go back to the Vatican, Jordan and Yaman went back to went to Jordan's house. They when they asked their when Yorinda asked her parents if he can stay a couple of nights until his brother returns from the west. She, they said, fine, but on a few conditions. No fooling around. Make sure everyone in bed before sundown. And as long as they can follow these rules, everything shall be fine. So they agreed, both agreed. And after that, they... After a long day of hard work in the fields of Yaman's farm, Yaman and Yorinda lived not too far apart with a garden. They both had a garden that were right next to each other, but a few distance away, so it was fine. After... 
So after a hard work today, it was it was beginning to become dusk. So Yaman became tired and he thought, well, it is getting late. I shall go to bed. So after after laying in bed. He thought nothing of, nothing of the tentacle and the black ink of his house. So when they, so after they went to bed, they woke up. They had a dream. Yorman, Yorda, and Yaman actually had the same dream. They dreamt that they were in a black world, full of tentacles and a big red eye and as the eye says who are you to disturb my slumber as the monster said Yaman said who are you and what do you mean your slumber you were in my house and the monster said who dares disturb my slumber? So Yaman thought he couldn't hear him. So he yelled louder that, What do you mean, disturb your slumber? You were in my home. My home. And as the monster said, even louder. That made the earth shook within the dream. Everything shook. Everything began to crack. And everything. So, as he said, Who dares disturb my slumber? They were just profound. They were just shocked that he thought they couldn't hear him. So they tried different ways of waking up, but none worked. So after a rain, so and then after walking some distance, a random maze appeared. So they thought maybe if we escape this maze, we can go. We can wake up, as Yorinda thought of, and Yaman agreed. After they were walking in a maze, maybe what felt like hours were only minutes or seconds, but no one knew. They just kept walking in the maze. They, re they reached a few dead ends, but they always backtracked. And then when they thought they, read, they reached the end, another maze popped up. But something happened. Something came up with the maze but it was something shiny so they couldn't tell what it was when they tried to get a closer look BAM! This a big giant skeleton warrior sliced both Yaman and Yorndon's head but yet when they woke up they were relieved they thought what just happened? Yet they could not remember the dream that they had. They didn't remember anything. 
when they try to remember, nothing of a year. So they thought nothing of it, maybe just a bad dream. But then, Yaman saw it. The black ink drop again. Right near the candle. So he thought, huh, that oddly looks familiar. It looked like the same drop that was in his home. When he tried to get a closer look, he told Yorda, this was, this is the same drop of ink that was in my house. But then they realized the ink wasn't coming from anything. They were, Yaman was a little bit terrified. He was worried. But then when they tried looking everywhere, this time they looked through the ceiling, nothing. But then when he tried to get a closer look, he poked it. And up came a tentacle, another one. And as the room became to start filling with black, Yaman took Yorda's hand and ran out the door faster than they could do. As they couldn't, as they ran out the front door, they didn't know what to expect. They thought, it is ink, it is flammable. But when one of them tried to throw a candle at it, maybe he thought burning it, it was flame. It was not flame. It just went out the candle. So they tried everything. Yeah. And they tried everything. They tried blessing it again. They tried everything. Candles. So, after his brother came back from the west, Yaman went to Jorgen's house with Yanda, Yonda, and thought maybe this could help. After they told, after Yaman and Yonda told Jorgen about the black ink and the tentacles and the black holes, they, Jorgen thought he was going nuts. He thought he was crazy. Yet when he took him to his house, he was shocked. After Yaman took Jorgen to his house, he was bedazzled. Everything was gone. The ink, the tentacle, the mess, everything. And Yaman thought, this is impossible. It was right here. Yorinda saw it too. But what happened? But you want to know what Yorna said? What do you mean, Yaman? There was no tentacle here. Yaman was just, he widened his eyes and became, he gasped as he was drowning. He was shocked that after Yorna saw it, they, they tried everything. Then he remembered the priest. The one that he called from the Vatican. And after Yaman came to the priest, he thought, maybe you can, priest, can you help us? Remember the exorcis exorcism you tried to cast yesterday? And the priest said, what exorcist, my son? I was here all day from dusk to dawn last day. He was, 
he too was baffled again. So they thought, he is crazy. And Yaman thought the same thing. But then he remembered Yorna's house. So he t Yaman took Yorna's and Jaeger, Jorger's. Jaeger. And they ran. He ran with all. Yeah, he ran with all his legs could give. He gave it all he got. And when they reached the house and they opened it, or when they reached the house, the house was burnt to a crisp. The house was burnt. Ashes and ashes. And all he saw was ashes. And he's, and Yaman's in his head thinking, this is impossible. This is impossible. What am I supposed to do? Yet when the guards came looking, they saw in the ashes bones. Yorinda's family was burned in the fire. When guards were looking for the person who did it, Yorinda told them. It was him pointing at Yaman. He did it. He burned my house and burnt my family. He did everything. He is insane too. And the guards took Yaman by the arms as they were dragging him against the concrete road. And concrete and gravel dragging his heels against the edges of the sharp rocks and all. Yorman, Yaman thought, no, this is not happening. This was not, this never happened. And after he was taken to the justice, they, judge, said, you are sentenced to death. Yaman widened his eyes and tears started to fall out of his eyes. When he wanted to just, he wanted to just cry and let everything out and want to know why this is was happening to him. He was nothing ordinary. He was just an ordinary farmer, just trying to get through life, just trying to have a good life. Thought to get, he was going to have Yorinda's hand in marriage. He was going to be a happy family with her. Then they took his, they laid him on the, they laid him on the bed of a guillotine. As they as they put him, all he saw was slow motion. As he was closing the head of the guillotine, time stopped. He looked around, yet he could not move. Everything stopped. The birds were flying, but yet they couldn't move. People were jeering and booing and begging for death to him, but yet they were not making a sound or moving at all. As he wondered, what is going on? What in the name of the gods is happening? When he opened, he tried closing his eyes and opening them, thought he, 
thinking it was just a bad dream. This is not real. I will wake up in my home. Sweating in my bed, just going to wake up and just have a normal life. When he opened up his eyes, he was still in the head of the guillotine. But then again, time started moving again, slowly. And as they cut the string on the guillotine, it just started going swoosh as fast and closer to his neck. Then stops. The guillotine blade stops from cutting his neck, yet he could not move again. He was thinking, by what God is doing this? By what God is tormenting me, trying to make me suffer for things I did not do because of his deeds? Then a black figure came out, a shadowy figure. Yet he looked like he was on fire, but yet the flames were black. He was a flaming shadow figure. He was thinking, what demon is this? What hell am I in? He was thinking this without moving. And as the shadowy figure walks up to him, crouches and looks him in the eye. What would you do? If I could make this disappear, what if I could make you not die and you could live happily with Yonda Yamin? And he was thinking in his head, how does he know my name? He does not know my name. But as he was thinking, what would I do to live and be happy? So, as he, as the shadowy figure was poking and checking the sharpness of the blade, he cut himself, and when he dropped of his blood, it was the same ink drop as it was in Yaman's and Yorinda's house. And he thought, it was you. You ruined this. You ruined my life. You made me think that I was insane. But no, what God made me tormented. As he slowly thought in his head without moving. Shadowy figure smiled, but yet you could not see his face, only his eyes. Red eyes that he seen before. When he made the same voice, he said, It was me. His eyes widened. He tried to open his mouth and yell, but he couldn't. As though time had stopped, he could not move. He can only move his eyes. He can only think. But yet, he couldn't. So the shadowy figure said, like he said, what would you do if I could make this all go away? You never saw the ink drop. You had a normal day. And then Yaman thought, anything, my soul 
But the shadowy figure said, uh, Your soul would be a nice prize. But it's not your soul I want. For it is your child's soul I want. Yaman thought, What? What child? As he pointed towards Yonda's stomach, he showed a red flame inside it. He was confused by everything. So, so, he, <clears throat> so, he was confused by thinking this. And after the shadowy figure said, you have a child, for your love has carried this child, yet she does not know, for you not even know for your child. So, as the, as Yaman thought, what can I do? I can't kill my own son. Or daughter, he thought. So, when time started moving again, there was something wrong. It was going reverse. So, then it was back to the part where they were laying down. And Yaman thought, tell her. And as he shouted, wait, I have something to say. The crowd went silent. The bodyguards stopped moving. Everyone just stopped moving. He said, Yorinda is with child. Everyone was shocked. For everyone knew Yorinda. She was the faithful virgin. She was un she was untouched. She she made love to no man. She was going to give herself to Yaman. But after she said, after Yaman said that, everyone thought, What foul words do you speak of? Yaman said again, Yorinda is with child. And everyone started muttering. Wait, what? They just muttered and muttered. Yorinda started looking red and redder for a second. And after a few seconds of muttering, they said, Liar! Liar! Off with his head! Then, out of nowhere, the shadowy... The earth. It rumbled and rumbled. But as he felt everything rumble, everyone just started freaking out. He said, the shadowy figure said, it is true what he says. Yorna is with child. But yet, you will not know whose child because, for she is still not. She is still pure. Everyone's just gasping, like, how can this be? This is impossible. So. As people try to figure out everything, when they try to make sense of it all, 
the shadowy figure disappeared into thin air. So, when he did this, he said, and he said, as Yaman said, See, you, do you believe me now? Everyone just started muttering and nodding. And Yorinda just confused and embarrassed by all this. So when she poked, so when she felt her stomach, she felt it. A little fetus, she felt. She felt a little person in her stomach. Yet it did not show, for she knew she was with child, but yet she did not know how to explain it to her parents. So, after that, they decided what to do with them, with Yaman. So, then one man, one mysterious man in, in dark said, off with his head. Then another person said, off with his head. Then more and more people said, off with his head. So, so after that, they put him back on the guillotine. But instead of normal motion, it was moving slowly again. They put the headpiece down. But when the when the guillotine's blade, when the guillotine's string was cut, whoosh, but yet it stopped, or starting to move slowly towards Yaman's neck, as it was falling very slowly, he tried to wiggle his way out. So as the blade started cutting his neck, it started. He started feeling every pain. He felt it slowly dig into his skin and slowly his flesh. Then after it reached the bone, he could not, he wanted to die instantly, but yet he could not. For he had no soul. He had lost his soul because he did not know what to do with it. He was just an ordinary man. And as his head came clean off, everyone ye cheered. They yelled, yes. They yelled, hey. And they did all. So after that, they just, when one of the guards picked up his head, started to change, started to shift, but yet everyone was confused. His hair started slowly making into a rope, and his head started slowly shrinking into a, an egg-like shape. And when they had him, they were all baffled by, they were confused, they were baffled at all. So. After they pulled that, they recognized this kind of shape. But yet their faces were different. His eyes were not where they were. His nose was above their eyes and the mouth was in between the eyes. 
the face had looked messed up. But yet everyone recognized that kind of amulet. For the king, who was the wisest and the nicest and the greatest king, they knew something had to do with the king. So, after everyone in the kingdom started taking charge towards the king's castle. But then when they reached him, there was already an assassin ready to kill him. And as the blade reached for his throat, the king's throat, he yelled, No! And then his amulet started shaking. The face... The faces started to reshape into a face. When it opened its eyes and opened its mouth, it yelled. A very inhuman yell. Ah, it yelled. And after that yell, everything started turning red. The castle and the kingdom turned red. Everything just started going red flesh faces. Yet these figures, four, these no, three figures popped up. They were on hand, made of faces and flesh. And yet the one on the top said, For you had called us the God Hand. We may grant you your wish. But you need to provide a valuable sacrifice, he said. And as the king was scared and just confused by all, he said, What do you mean? The king stuttered. And as the top of the mysterious hand said, We are the god hand. We shall give you powers that no mortal can have. We shall give you unimaginable power and strength. And as he did that, it's, he thought for a second, like when the people were scared and muttering, when the assassin tried to kill the king, he was blown off by some mysterious force. But yet he was blown to the back of the crowd. Yet he did not die. He was just very badly wounded. And after the king said, yes, I sacrifice everything. The mysterious person, or also known as the God Hand, took. He, he said, it shall be done. And out came flashing flame balls. They started going around piercing people. For they were brands. A mysterious brand no one knew. It was the brand of sacrifice. When everyone was being branded, the assassin was branded. Everyone was branded except the king. Then, out of nowhere, demons, tens, tons of thousands, demons appeared, said, Oh, thank you, my lords. Every demon started saying in an unsynchronized tone. And as they started to be afraid, the king was raised up. 
by a mysterious hand. He was put in the center. The hand closed, but yet when some people tried to break in, they couldn't. It was harder than steel. And as they were just dreaming, they thought they were dreaming, so they tried waking each other up. They tried to, they tried everything they could to wake up, but they couldn't. And as they struggled and feared for their lives, he said, Feast, my children. The army of demons from all sides started plowing and rushing and chewing the flesh off each villager's bones. He started gnawing and chewing and stabbing and cutting the flesh. The guts were spilled, bones were ripped apart. They were being murdered. Not just murdered, they were being massacred like a big genocide. And as they were being brutally murdered, the assassin was the first to go. He thought he would be the first to live, but no. As a random three-horned demon came up, pierced both his shoulders and his knee. And as he was choking on his own blood, he started chewing. His horns moved towards his mouth and started chewing slowly from the feet up. When it got to the waist, he started growing teeth larger than anything. His teeth were sharper than any sword or blade. And it was harder than anything else. It just started slowly chomping and he felt he was in agony and pain. He just started feeling the flesh from his bones being ripped apart. He felt everything from his nerves. His nerves were so shocked and he was so scared for life. He couldn't feel a thing. But yet, he kept, the demon kept chewing him until his head remained. Then the demon put it on his horn. <clears throat> and said, this should make a nice trophy. And everyone screamed and ran in different directions. When one was knocked over, they were trampled by others, fearing for their lives. They were the first to go. When they died from being trampled on, they were gnawed on by other demons, by their flesh being ripped apart. The hands going underneath the ribs and being ripped and pulled and the hearts being stabbed. And their flesh being removed from their bodies. And after all the agonizing pain in the hand, there was a mysterious ball just glowing. But it was the king, but not in the same form. He looked like he was changing, transforming into a different form as the king was in the ball. He was in the dream world where he just walked and great things he thought of. I would love to have great things. 
And everyone just continued to scream and beg and plead for their lives. But yet the king could not hear. And yet the god hand were laughing and giggling for they knew this was going to be a very tremendous time for another member of the god hand would be born. And after the massacre, there were very few left. And after they witnessed the hand opening, a new form has taken place. The king, but yet not in the same way she performed. He looked inhuman. His head grew larger than it was. He had grown an overcloak that was bigger than his body. He had windbreakers, half the size of his head. His eyes were sewn shut, yet his mouth too was sewn shut, but yet it showed his teeth. Yet he grew a deeper and darker and scarier and a more demonic voice said, This is what greatness feels like. I don't know why I feared at all. And everyone just was even more terrified. Their knees shook with terror, not just any terror, extreme terror, where they would just beg for mercy and beg for them to forgive them. And everything just started to turn to flesh, mud. There were puddles, nearly lakes and oceans filled with blood. Nothing but ravaged parts. Hands were being gnawed on at the bone. Heads were being chewed as cornas on the cobs. People were sucking the meat off the bones of a finger. They were chewing legs as if they were choosing, as they were chicken legs. And everything turned, everything went dark and black. And as, as he, as the king thought, this is a great day, a ginormous day for great life and power. He started thinking, this is what power is, and I shall enjoy it. So he took the other god hands. He joined the index finger, the top of the finger, the pinnacle of the hand. The dark red world disappeared as if it never existed, but yet the god hand disappeared with him. And as a group of people came thinking, maybe they knew where it was. They saw the kingdom. It was covered in blood and flesh, bones, everything that would be in your worst nightmare. But yet only one person survived. Yonda. Yonda. And as they thought he, she did this because she was a witch. They saw other villagers, but yet they did not know what was going on. 
So the mercenaries took them. They found an old tree. They, they, they accused. They beaten. They did everything. Like to those girls and the villagers that would be in your worst nightmare. So after they were done doing that, she was hanged on a black dark tree. She was hung with other villagers, but yet she was just, she was in tears. She wished she could do something because she knew she was with child. And after life, life, she thought she was having a happy life until that day. She thought this would be the end. And as her last breath went, her new breath, the baby still lived until they came. Well, that was my podcast for long, scary story. Sorry if I messed up and all. Just, um, oh, that was a long story. I, I, I hope you enjoyed this. Uh, share with your friends if you want to. And if you don't think it's that good, go ahead and give me, like, tell me what you think of it. Like, give me your ideas. Give me some criticism. Just not too crazy, okay? Just, okay. This is the storyteller. Signing out. And I hope you have a wonderful, scary, fantastic day. Goodbye.